0: You're listening to Transform Your Profits, the podcast for accountants who want to build a more profitable, successful, and impactful accounting firm. Your host is Reza Huda, a practice owner, mentor, and coach to accounting firm owners. Hello, hello. Oh, you're doing well. and having a good start to the day. So I just realized actually that I recorded the last episode on what I would do differently if I started again. And I kind of missed a big uh, chunk of things out. I'm um, just thinking about my four pillar framework. I think I covered the positioning pillar about what I would do to get new clients and what I would do on the people pillar in terms of the first hires I would make. But I kind of forgot the other two pillars that I talk about in terms of being able to build more profitable successful and impactful accounting firm. So of course, four pillar framework as a reminder is the four pillars framework that I've come up with that we need to have in order to build and grow and scale the firm of your dreams to give you the time, money and financial freedom you deserve. So we covered uh, people and positioning in the last one. So just to touch on the other two, pricing and process. So of course, my favorite topic, pricing, what I would do differently is I wouldn't take on anyone and everyone. There is a tendency, when you first start out to try and get business from everywhere, you end up taking your friends and family, you end up giving discounts, you end up doing a lot of work for free, you end up doing low value work. You uh, basically, this is, and then, and then, you know, as you grow in scale, then it's hard work trying to undo all of that. So, knowing what I know now, what I would do differently is to be very clear on my ideal client. I would not worry that because I'm alone or because I don't have any overhead or, you know, um, so all the, all the kind of limiting beliefs that we have that, you know, oh, we're, we're small so we can afford to charge less. No. The value we provide is still high and therefore I would still start off, I would start off with a minimum fee, a base minimum fee that would not go below and knowing that when you are the specialist and when you double down and niche down into a particular sector, you can actually charge more. So I'd be more confident in terms of my pricing and go after. So if I'd identified an audience, whether that be property owners or that's content creators or dentists, whatever my chosen niche would be, I would, I would get to know that particular sector. I would hang out where they hang out. I would create collateral, marketing collateral in terms of valuable content. I would go out there. I would start doing videos on social media. I would do, um, Posts, I would, I would, I would, uh, write an ebook. I would have a lead magnet that I can give out to the world to capture email addresses and to showcase my credibility, my expertise in that particular space to attract clients to me rather than have a scattergun trying to approach, um, you know, try and go after anyone and everyone. Because as you know, when you try and appeal to everyone, you actually appeal to no one. So in that way, that will allow me to be more confident with my pricing when I'm then speaking to these, um, target audience of mine, then putting myself out as a specialist, I know I'd be able to get a higher monthly recurring fee. So definitely have a minimum fee. Definitely not charge by the hour. Definitely get everyone signed up right from the off on monthly direct debit on monthly billing, which something I didn't do when I first started out. We had standing orders or we had annual billing. I know now that it's all about, you know, uh, taking a share of the value you create and the, the, uh, in terms of how we add value to clients, the biggest area where we add value is give them that peace of mind, having clients having access to us. You've heard me mention this before. Having access to us is where the value lies. Not in the minutes and the hours that you spend doing actual work. Just having access to you is highly valuable. And we need to price for that. The peace of mind that we deliver, the fact that we are acting as their agents for HMRC, taking away the 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 stress and the hassle of them having to get involved and being on hold HMRC for any length of time, we're doing that for them. That is value. So knowing all of that, I would price that into my packages, get onto monthly billing, buy direct debit, have a minimum monthly monthly fee, be really clear on my target audience, who I'm going after, lead with value to generate uh, leads, and yeah, and have confidence that uh, and not do timesheets, of course. And you know, I started off with timesheets, big mistake. I would not do timesheets. My people, I would again moving on to the people pillar. I would give autonomy to my team. I would allow them to work when, where, and how they want, which you know we've done uh, in the last few years as well. And I was just talking to a uh, a mastermind um, member of mine, Bev, <laughs> about uh, about uh, about the people pillar and how since we implemented the results only work environment, we haven't actually had anyone leave on their own accord and why would they if you create a culture that uh people don't want to leave because it's so awesome then what you know why would they leave that if you create a culture so awesome why would they leave if they can work when they have complete control and autonomy over their time to meet the demands they have of their life then what more could you possibly want they're working in about you know we have a um Unlimited holidays they can take. They have complete control. There's no kind of micromanagement. There's autonomy with accountability. So yes, they have all the autonomy in the world, but they also have accountability. It's very clear that they have to generate results and that's what they're measured upon. Results, managing the client portfolio, keeping clients happy. Making sure that everything is taken care of, that, uh, yeah, clients are happy, the clients are being serviced, deadlines are met, turnaround time targets are met, all of those things. Then, then, you know, it doesn't matter to me whether they're working 20 hours a week or 30 hours a week or 10 hours a week. It doesn't matter. As long as we are meeting uh, the results that we have clearly set out that we need to meet, then I'm happy. And, When you take time out of the equation, then the only thing that matters is results. And therefore, as I've said before, in terms of in a results-only work environment, the only agreement is that do your job, keep your job. But the problem is that we are we have it we're not really clear on what we expect. When we're not clear on what we expect, we say to the our employees, be there nine to five. You know, we want to see them working to give us that comfort that, okay, they're, they're here, they're clocking the nine to five, they're putting their hours on a timesheet, therefore they must be working. That's not the right way to look at it because who says that work only happens between nine to five? Who says that work only happens 37 and a half hours a week? This is a relic of the industrial age when we have to, have to work in factories to run the factories. We had to have uh, people on site to actually be there for work to get done. That's no longer the case. We're in the digital age. We are knowledge workers. Work doesn't have to happen in 37 half hours a week. You could have a, a million dollar tax saving idea in the shower. You know, where do I put that on the timesheet? Okay. So, you know, we treat our, we treat our people with, with knowledge workers to get the best out of knowledge workers. You have to give them the space to, to have that uh, free thinking, that creativity to solve problems, to be there for clients, to have the space to think, be proactive, give them the systems to be able to, oh, we didn't talk about process. Um, have the right processes in place from the outset, invest in software, invest in practice management solutions so that have one source of truth. I wouldn't use spreadsheets at the outset. I would make sure I have a robust system that can manage deadlines, that can manage the throughput of work in the practice so that anyone can tell at any point in time where something is. And there should always be more than two people or at least two people that can do anything in the practice. So process note every single thing process note loom videos etc On everything we do would be documented because that is what's going to help you to build a scalable practice and sharing information and knowledge between the team members because that's what helps you to generate efficiency when you can get that hub of of knowledge sharing happening that's how you generate efficiency in your team Okay, well, uh, I'll call it a, a day there because I've just got to go and pick up my son from his uh, cricket practice was just finished up. Uh, it's a bit uh, chilly this evening, so I'm sat in the car recording this for you um, whilst he finishes off his cricket practice, but I've got to go now. So have a great rest of the day and I'll catch up with you on the next episode. And if you haven't already, rate, review and subscribe and message me on LinkedIn. If you are a listener, I would love to hear that you were listening to this to give me more motivation to to do more episodes for you. If you're gaining value, just drop me a line and I'm a listener. I'm getting value. And here is, you know, I listened to this one and I got this one takeaway, or I'd love you to do an episode on this subject. I would more than happy to do so just for you. So message me on LinkedIn. Take care. Have a great rest of the day. I'll speak to you very soon. All the best. Bye for now.